Welcome to day 323 of Shape by the Word. Uh, my name's David. I'm here with Matt and Katie, and we are continuing on through the prophet of Ezekiel. And uh, we find ourselves in a pretty interesting spot. If you were with us last week, you know, we began kind of talking about kind of this temple and this this restoration idea of the temple. And so we've been really just looking at like all these gates being built. Um, we looked a lot about that last week, and we're going to continue on with with this temple theme and really what you're finding from, from chapter 40 of Ezekiel all the way through 48. Um, it's kind of what theologians call this kind of climactic close of Ezekiel where he begins describing the details of the, this temple of the future. And, you know, if you know the biblical story, you know that after King David, um, Solomon built uh, a temple for the Lord and it was, it was amazing now the, the choicest of everything and some theologians would say you kind of at that point, you kind of almost say the end to the biblical story. It's like the people, Israel, were in the land. They had the king. They had the temple. God had a, a kind of a permanent dwelling place on earth. But throughout the rest of the story, Israel continued to be, Israel, Israel continued to be unfaithful to the covenant. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they chased after idols. Solomon's reign did not end well. And eventually the people found themselves in exile in Babylon. And then towards the end of the Old Testament, the, the people do come back into Jerusalem. They do rebuild the temple. But if you remember the scene, even when it was rebuilt, a lot of people just wept and wailed because it was nothing mm-hmm. like it used to be in the day of Solomon. But even still, as we're, as we're reading these things about the temple, um, there's this there's this tension in some of these passages where really what, what most people would say Ezekiel is talking about is he, he's describing not so much the temple that you find after the exile, but he's talking about symbolically this vision of kind of the messianic age to come, uh, the temple of the future, the temple you see in Revelation. And so there's a lot of symbolism in the passages we're going to be reading over the next few days. We'll see in Ezekiel 43, kind of the the glory of the Lord return to the temple, which is a very good thing. Um, But as we kind of read these, we want to read these in in light of of where the story is going, in light of the messianic reign of Christ to come and the new temple of the spirit dwelling in the people um, of God, the church. And so a lot of symbolism. We're going to read a lot of details starting today. But as we do that, we want to be reminded that it's not so much the temple of Ezra and Nehemiah we're reading about, but it's just this great temple to come. And so we'll fill in some of those gaps along the way, but that should hopefully give you a little bit of context for where we're at, where we're going. And so before we read, we're just going to read Ezekiel 40, 30 through 47. But before we do read, um, Katie, do you mind uh, praying for us as we uh, spend some time in God's word? Not at all. Let's pray. Father, we come to you knowing that you have the words of life and uh, of eternal life. And um, we know that your word is such a gift and we, we forget that so often. So Lord, I pray that as we open up your word together as your people, you would remind us of our identity that you've given us um, and that you would speak to us um, through your word, Lord, and transform our hearts. Our hearts are so quick to walk away from you, quick to run to other things that um, look better. But uh, I pray that you would convict us, that you would that you would shape us, um, and that you would um, encourage our hearts, Lord, in in the gospel. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. 
So last week, we began with the temple area being restored. And we saw the east gate, the outer court. Um, we saw the north gate, the south gate, and the gates to the inner court being erected and described. And now we move on to the rooms where the sacrifices would be prepared for the people and the rooms were where the priests would dwell. And so we start in verse 38. A room with a doorway was by the portico in each of the inner gateways where the burnt offerings were washed. In the portico of the gateway were two tables on each side on which the burnt offerings, sin offerings, and guilt offerings were slaughtered. By the outside wall of the portico of the gateway near the steps of the entrance of the north gate were two tables, and on the other side of the steps were two tables. So there were four tables on one side of the gateway and four tables on the other, eight tables in all, on which the sacrifices were slaughtered. There were also four tables of dressed stone for the burnt offerings, each a cubit and a half long, a cubit and a half wide, and a cubit high. On each of them were placed the utensils for slaughtering the burnt offerings and the other sacrifices. A double-pronged hook, each a hand-breath long, were attached to the wall all around. The tables were for the flesh of the offerings. Outside the inner gate, within the inner court, were two rooms, one on each side of the north and facing south, and the other on the side of the south gate and facing north. He said to me, The room facing south is for the priests who guard the temple, and the room facing north is for the priests who guard the altar. These are the sons of Zodak, who are the only Levites who may draw near to the Lord to minister before him. Then he measured the court. It was square, a hundred cubits long and a hundred cubits wide, and the altar was in front of the temple. It's, you know, as we're moving on through Ezekiel, we, we see kind of the repetition of a lot of, of themes that we've been finding throughout the Old Testament, especially throughout um, the prophets, these themes of temple, these themes of sacrifice, and these themes of, of priests. And we know these are themes that we find carried on from the Old Testament to the New Testament, and and themes that when we do kind of our biblical theology, we find themes that are ultimately fulfilled in Jesus as our true temple, Jesus as the one sacrifice for us in our place, and then Jesus as the, the true high priest, right, who intercedes on our behalf. And so these are themes that we see kind of picked up in these passages as we talk about the preparation of sacrifices. We, we cannot help but forget the ultimate sacrifice of Christ. And as we see these rooms prepared for the priests inside the temple, we cannot help but think of Jesus, our, our true and ultimate priest. And so, you know, as we're looking at these passages, um, diving into the, the rest of Ezekiel 40, where are some of the other things standing out to you guys? You know, I think one of the things that stands out to me is um, you think about these sacrifices and the rooms being prepared, you know, so you get this, this vision that Ezekiel sees where the temple's being restored and he's supposed to give this vision to the exiles, you know, and this would have been a, a vision of great hope that reminded them that one day, you know, their worship will be restored and, and sacrifices were a key part of that. You know, that. If they were going to be in fellowship with God, uh, they, they needed sacrifices, you know, mm -hmm. and so to be reminded that, Man, the temple is being restored, and the place for sacrifices is being restored as well. And the, you know, the rooms for the priests who will perform the sacrifices is not just this, this physical. You're not just seeing here, you know, hey, one day again, if we're going to be in fellowship with God, we're going to have to keep repeating these sacrifices time and time and time again. 
but instead it's to see what these sacrifices you know have pointed to in the past but then point to you mm-hmm. know especially for us in light of the new covenant that, that restored fellowship you know is essential through sacrifice and and of course we look you know now we look in light of jesus and say that man our our fellowship with god is because of that ultimate sacrifice the other hebrews would say you know he is the better high priest he is the better sacrifice mm-hmm. um you know, that, that has put an end to all the other sacrifices. So just seeing this, I think this would have brought great hope to the exiles. I mean, Ezekiel's day is they're seeing the restored worship and, and part of that, the restored sacrifices. No, and it's so fun to read this in the context of how it's being delivered because, you know, up to this point, like the people had the land, they had the king, they they, they were there, but they lost it due to covenant unfaithfulness and, and sin and, and idolatry. And so... You can't imagine the amount of hope that was probably lost in that moment where they're exiled, sent to Babylon, and they feel like, man, we've messed it up too much. But even though you're kind of reading this, you're like, man, that's a lot of details. I'm eight tables. What's going on? What we're seeing is not so much the covenant faithfulness of the people, but the covenant faithfulness of God that, no, I'm still going to provide a way, yeah, for sacrifice, for the goodness of sin, for the removal of guilt, and for priests to stand in your place on your behalf. And so... As we're reading about the temple and as we kind of bring this day to a close, it is a good reminder that these are passages of hope. These are passages that were given to a people who probably thought they had messed it all up and there was no hope for them. And yet here comes Ezekiel saying, no, there's a future day where you're going to have a lot of hope because these things are going to be happening for you, not just presently, but, but way beyond in the future. And we today, as the people of God, as the church, are the recipients of the hope offered here in Ezekiel 40. So a fun little passage as we continue on kind of looking at the temple. Uh, We'll see more. And then again, we'll get to see the glory of the Lord return in the next few days. And so Matt, as we close out, um, you mind praying for us? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your word and uh, time in it together. I'm reminded that you... um, You've accomplished everything uh, we, we need in Christ Jesus to, to dwell with you forever. And, and Father, we thank you for the image of uh, this, this greater temple in Ezekiel that reminds us that that is the reality, that you will be our God and we will be your people and we will dwell with you. Uh, so would that truth be um, written fresh on our hearts today? Would we, would we, would we be reminded of that? Um, and Father, ultimately, would you be glorified in us and through us? Uh, we love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.